Sugars, it is September. To say that I'm ready for pumpkin candles is an understatement. How are you? It's Maddie. Of course it's Maddie. Where, who else would be at the beginning of the Dear Maddie show? Good Lord, Matthew. How are you doing, everybody? I'm so excited that it's fall. I love the fall. I love the change in the season. I love that it's just, it almost feels like a change in life. We're getting rid of some old shit. We're bringing some new shit that hopefully smells less. You know what I mean? Anyway, this show is Sophie Kneebone. First of all, she's an Australian. Second of all, her name is Sophie Kneebone. I love her. Like, what a cool name. We talk about that. I actually know her because I started hosting my podcast with her company, Omni Studio, which I love. This isn't sponsored, but if you, Omni Studio, O-M-N-Y, I'll leave a link. It'll all be in the show notes. It's the best podcasting hosting service I've ever used, and they're inexpensive, and I just love them. But anyway, so I hope you enjoy the show. I'm going to talk a little bit at the end, but also this week coming up, if you listen to Dear Maddie Show regularly, you know my friend Jake Anthony, a.k.a. Poodle. We're always up to some some trouble, usually involving hot guys that are shirtless, if we can work it out that way. Sadly, not for this, but we do have a new project. We're do, there's a new app launching that you can download on your phone or you can go online to your computer. It's called BidChat, and that's spelled B as in boy, I, D as in David, chat.com, like bidding, bidchat.com. Jake wants to call it bitch chat, but that's... That's the wrong show, sugar. But anyway, so we're doing, you can go, the show link is going to, the link is going to be in the show notes, but if you go to bidchat.com slash Matt and Jake, you'll go to our page and we're launching a show and then we're doing a show called Shit You Won't Ask Your Parents. It's going to go up every Tuesday. It's just, it's fun. It's entertaining. It's do-gooding. It's everything I love besides a hot man who's shirtless. Maybe we can get one. So I'll bring that again up in the show. But if you're interested in that, on and again, you don't, you can watch the show live or you can watch it pre-taped. It's kind of like Facebook Live, but in the app. You can watch on your phone, your computer, wherever. iPad, I don't know your live, sugar. Just figure it out. Bitchat.com slash Matt and Jake, and that'll be in the show notes. All right. Get ready for Sophie Newbone. This was just... <laughs> This is this was a really fun show and bless her heart I had really bad gay DD. Okay, see you soon. We're going yay, what? It's a podcast. Hello everyone out there and hello Sophie Kneebone. Hello. Sophie Louise, you have the same name as my dog. <laughs> I Matt, you don't understand when I when we finished that conversation I came back and told my whole office and no one no one appreciated it enough. <laughs> I did. I loved it. I know. We were even, uh, uh, we even, I even brought my dog into our Skype conversation because I felt like you needed to meet the Sophie Louises of the world. It was just so amazing because it was like, this is Sophie. And then you said, yeah, Sophie Louise. And I was like, wait, what? Sophie Louise? That's my name. So now are you named, is Louise a family name? No, I, I actually have no idea where it came from. I think Sophie and Louise were both just names that... I don't know. My, my parents just liked. I was. I mean, be they obviously Camilla, go together. Then, yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. They, sorry, they really you, do. You were supposed to be what? I was supposed to be called Camilla. Um, oh. But that like, sounds like a. It sounds like a whore. Well. <laughs> you know, That's like, your Camilla. sister's name, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> no, but the reason that I wasn't called Camilla was because my mum like didn't like Camilla Parker Bowles. You know, um, Prince Charles's wife. Well, that, that's that's probably like, why I think it sounds like a whore. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so she didn't want people thinking that I was named after her. <laughs> That's, you know what, that makes me think of because I've, I've actually realized, so for, for everybody who's listening, uh, Sophie, if you can't tell, um, well, she could live anywhere, but you're, 
you're born and raised in Australia. Yes. And um, and so and we'll talk a little bit in a second about how we know each other um, through podcasting stuff. But I've never asked somebody this. Like, can I even have? I think I might have mentioned this in our conversation. I even have like a my. Uh, my own cousin, who I found through Facebook, who's also named Matt Marr, mm-hmm. who is supposed to come to the States soon, and we're going to do a show together, actually, um, because he came to dinner once, and we were both, I was like, am I going to, you know, you're, you're meeting family, especially a strange, and you're like, what's this going to be like? He's also gay, and then he was totally dirty telling dick jokes, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, we're going to get along. It must be a family thing. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I didn't ask him this. I've never, and I've met, you know, known several people from Australia. But it so obviously there's British influence. But like, do people in Australia love, you know, do they think of the Queen and Prince William and and Kate and all that? Do they admire them as much as British people do, or is uh, it more like an American thing? How we kind of like look at it as like, ooh. We love them, obviously, but they're not monarchs. What's it? I don't, and I fully don't understand because you're not. I know you have strong connections with Britain yeah. and more than the United States does. Yeah. But correct me if I'm wrong. I, I am a dumb American, but there's not any lega- a lot of there's not any type of like government of Britain still going on. Well, it, it kind of depends on who you ask. Like technically, um, so our government system is uh, a constitutional monarchy. So we operate under under our own constitution, but we technically, technically, the Queen is our head of state. Um, oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, See, yeah. My, so, mm, there's yeah, been a my, lot of discussion just so you know, it. Yeah, yeah. Just on my knowledge of Australia and its history comes from the movie Australia where I sobbed. <laughs> and that's about it. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah. I mean, that's a great piece of historical fiction that everybody should see, mostly for Hugh Jackman and the bucket having a shower. Oh, and I just love Nicole Kidman. She's a drag queen. She's so good. So, So, okay. So, oh, so I didn't know. So the queen's still the monarch. Technically, yeah. So like we have, um, so we have our prime minister here who is, I mean, basically the boss uh, and the queen doesn't really have any any power like I mean the last time that the Queen's representative who is uh, the Governor General who is someone in Australia the last time that they like actually did anything apart from just be a figurehead was god when was it like the uh, I can't remember my history now but it's like a few decades ago um, I think a Prime Minister got sacked for some reason and it was the Governor General that kind of stepped in and was like hey you're doing a bad job I'm gonna be a person of power now Um, but I think that's like the only time it's ever happened (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so, like, technically we're, we're kind of under the Queen, but in reality, like, nothing, like, she doesn't really, like, do anything. But there's been a lot of talk. There's always been a lot of talk about, like, turning Australia into a republic. And we've had – we had a referendum about it in the 90s, I think. Um, and there's always talk about having another referendum and, oh, we should become a republic and, you know, sever ties with the UK and that kind of thing. But it just – it's never really happened because it feels like it would be, like, a lot of work for – not a lot would really change, you know? Ah, so it wouldn't be like a Brexit type of thing. No, no. Oh, God, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But, well, um, did Australians have a lot of – I guess Brexit doesn't really affect you, but I'm sure people there had a lot of opinions. Because don't a lot of Australians obviously still still have family that live in Britain? Yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it was really interesting because um, we're so far away from everything – 
everywhere else. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I, it's, it, I think a lot of people felt like we were just kind of watching from afar going, uh, no, don't do this. Or, or even, you know, some people, yeah, do this. But I live in my little comfortable Facebook lefty bubble, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, all my friends and all my connections are kind of left-wing hippies like me. So uh, we were all, everyone that I know was like, don't do it. Um, but who knows, like maybe there were other people that were like passionately advocating for Brexit, but um, none that I kind of knew of. Um, but yeah, like there was, it wasn't so much a, I don't think it was so much a feeling of like it directly affecting us, but more just the knowledge that it was going to affect the world eventually. I think that's the way many, well, all my liberal California friends, Mm. uh, I think that's the way a lot of people I knew um, felt. I honestly Mm. was kind of like, until like the week, two weeks before it happened, I was like, oh, this is a thing. I obviously I hadn't been paying attention. Um, (laughs) And I do read the news every day, but I miss that. Um, But yeah, I did. That's how they felt like just what is this going to do to on a global scale? Yeah. And I feel like you guys have got a lot of stuff going on in the States at the moment. So it's probably fair. (laughs) Okay. So like, (laughs) not that you're the voice of, you know, Australia, but right now you are. So for me, like, do y'all just think we're fucking crazy now over here? Politics aside, left or right, but still, you just feel like we're batshit crazy. Not, not to be honest, no, because because our last our last prime minister was just like a, just this atrocious joke, and we were all so embarrassed and just couldn't believe that you know we actually elected this man, this like bumbling sexist fool, and so I think if that hadn't happened, then we would have been like America, what is going on? But there's a little we're, we're a little bit humbled now, but still, you know, it's. I mean, it's pretty crazy what is going on, but we, we have a bit more of an understanding of how that stuff can happen. Uh, because it is... Did, did that person get impeached or anything, or did they finish their term? Yeah, he's finished. We had an election quite recently. Um, because we had an election recently, but then but by that stage, he wasn't the prime minister. We've had like like 16 different prime ministers in the last few years. Not that many, but it keeps changing because you know, um, our prime minister is uh, basically the... Whoever is the leader of the party that's elected is the prime minister, but the leader can change once the party's been elected, and so the leadership keeps changing. <laughs> it's become like a running joke now. The last few years, we've had so many different prime ministers, so I've actually lost track of who has been when. But our most recent election was only a few weeks ago, and then there was just no result because it was too close to call for ages. So we didn't even have someone. It's just oh my been, gosh! It's been a fucking mess, to be honest. Wow, that's yeah. a that's a shit show down under. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. I had to, Patrick Hine, my friend, just rolled his eyes and went, Maddie. Um, <laughs> I just had to. So now, sorry, you're thinking, I did not expect to come on the show and talk about the history of Australia. <laughs> um, but, okay, so I have one more question about okay. Australia. No, go for it. Do y'all recognize that your men are really hot there? Or <laughs> are they not hot to you because you see them every day? I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I live in Melbourne where everyone is like, really pale and wears black and kind of drinks coffee and smokes and that's what we do. Um, But then, you know, you've got like Sydney, like Bondi guys, you know, they're the guys that you see on like the surf life-saving shows and they're amazing, but we don't have a lot of those in Melbourne. Um, So I feel like Uh we, like us Melbournians have an appreciation of what life could be like, you know, like what the rest of the world sees of Australia is like, this is like like your home and away kind of hot guys. Um, mm. I'm sure they exist. I don't know any of them. Oh, I, should, I shouldn't say that. Hey, all my guy friends. Hello. Really so, hello. <laughs> so is it just like a bunch of hipsters in Melbourne? Yeah. Oh, massively. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, very That's, much. So it sounds so. I mean, Melbourne's like your New York, right? Yeah, actually, um, actually, when I was in Chicago, when I met you, um, a few people compared Melbourne to Chicago to me, um, and they're like, "No, was it Melbourne to Chicago? I think so. I can't remember because isn't Chicago meant to be like, like quite similar to New York in a lot of ways, but not as hectic or something like that? Yes, that yeah, is. Yeah. that is how I describe Chicago to people. Yeah, yeah there's a real vibe of, of, of like Melbourne about it. I found. Yeah, because you go, even when I've been to Boston, which is a wonderful town, highly recommend you go if you're ever back in the States. Mm. Um, uh, but it's Boston, D.C., none of them have a New York vibe, but Chicago has a bit of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. To me, to yeah. me, to someone who's never lived in either city. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never been anywhere except for Chicago, so oh, well, I so. have no idea. <laughs> Well, so tell everybody how we know one another, because we did meet, we met at Podcast Movement yeah. in Chicago. Yeah, we did. Um, actually, I was thinking about this before we before we started this call, and I was like, what was the actual moment that we met? And I remember it because, um, so I was doing a talk at Podcast Movement, I, went, I was doing a PMX talk, um, all about iTunes, which I'm sure we'll get to, but um, I was really nervous about it, I was so nervous, and I remember sitting in the audience, like waiting for it to start, watching the room fill up and being like, oh my God, um, and then... Because you were hosting it, you were the MC for the talks. I was. And, yeah, and, and as soon as you stood up at the lectern and like started talking, I was like, oh, thank God, it's going to be okay. The host is so lovely. I just, oh, oh, oh my God, I loved you. Like it was, it was the best. So then afterwards I was like, I have to meet, I have to meet the host. He was so awesome. Oh, thank you. That's very, very, very kind. And I could not tell you you were nervous. I thought you were very prepared. That's and good. I thought you did great. And um yeah, it was. Yeah, for the PMX is like so. For those listening, um, for podcast movie, it has like two days, um, and then but the day before, it's kind of like the pre-conference, and it, mm. I guess they kind of want it to be like TED Talks, right? Yeah, that's how it was described to us, like that that TEDx style. It's like shorter and less formal. Um, the talks are only meant to go for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, um, but it was great. It was great. I'm glad yeah. I did it. I got to meet. It was nice. I felt being there early because I felt like you actually got to meet people and kind of network and talk. Because yeah. then once every, then once the conference happened, it was just so many people. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because like it was really nice for me to, as well to be there early. Because then yeah, to immediately start laying that groundwork of you know meeting people and allowing some time to set up meetings and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, and because we should also say so. If for any of you that are following Dear Maddie show, if you noticed when, well, I don't know when this episode's going to come up, probably <laughs> in, like, this is August 10th, but this probably won't air for another couple of weeks. Um, um, but anyway, if you've noticed in August, uh, for Dear Maddie people, that uh, things look different when I post on Facebook, like I can post these videos and stuff like that, and all of that's changed because I've changed my hosting over from another previous hosting to Omni Studio, which is who you work for. Yes. So, um, yeah, and that's O-M-N-Y, as in... Yes, that's right, yeah. As in Orifice Mary Nancy Yell. I don't know why I said Orifice. <laughs> that's the first... That's so gay that that's the first O no, word that came so to me. It's so weird because I was just watching watching a sketch that featured the word orifice like quite heavily. <laughs> I'm psychic. Like, like two hours ago. That's amazing. I'm psychic. I'm all the way across the, the big ponds. I'm oh, psychic. Oh, we're connected by orifice. We are. We're connected by orifice. Well, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Well, exactly. Um, that's one thing we all have in common. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, so... Um, so for any of those who are like, I don't get what's Omni Studio. So they're the, actually the people that 
when I record a show, I upload it to their website and they host it. That's your RSS feed and all that kind of good, like nerdy stuff. <laughs> but um, I can't, I mean, I told you a little this before, but I cannot tell you how happy I am. Like this show is not sponsored by Omni Studio, <laughs> but Dear Maddie Show is sponsored by Omni Studio. <laughs> um, it is right now because I am, I'm such a big, big, and uh, I just, I just love it. It worked out great for me. It was less expensive, less expensive. Um, I remember when you said, and the, the fee will be blah, blah, blah. And I went, what? I literally said, what? I was, <laughs> and, but it's just, the analytics are great. I just, I couldn't be more, like I, I told you this before. I said, I feel like Omni Studio makes, so this is, I'm going to backtrack. So anybody out there listening, you're like, oh, I want to start a podcast and I don't know anything about it. This, I would seriously use Omni because they make podcasting, they, they host podcasting for fucking numb nuts, like, <laughs> like myself, who like know nothing, uh, I don't know nothing about tech, I know just a little bit about tech to fuck it up. Like I once deleted my entire website because I tried to like, my, my web designer, I talk about him all the time on the show because he's like, it's practically his show, my friend Patrick, who's a great web designer, by the way, Sophie. Um, but um uh, but yeah, I, I was like, I'm going to help him out. He's busy <laughs> and I'm going to do this and I can figure this out. And then the next thing I'm calling him and he's like, what the fuck did you just do? Oh, Maddie. And I'm like, I know, I know. And so now I like, I don't touch stuff. But, um, but yes, I just, but with Omni, like with other services that I've used, I've, I don't care. I, nobody's sponsoring this, so I don't care. I've used Simplecast and I've also used Lipson. And in their defense, I did like Lipson for, you know, it was in some way, like that, like you, they uh, Omni, they do have good customer service. Yeah, However, definitely. I was having to ask them questions all the time because I feel like with Lipson, they design the show or they design their hosting program for people who already know quite a bit about podcasting. Yeah. And... Which is fine because I was able to figure it out. But even me, after being, I switched to Libsyn um, about a year and a half into my podcast, mm-hmm. almost two years. So I'd been doing it for a while. Yeah. So it's not as if I was completely clueless. And it's still, I was like, what? Hmm, yeah. Calling my web designer, um, you know, and, and emailing them and trying to figure it out. And so anyway, it just, it was just go switching to Omni was such a great fit for me. So I'm super happy about that. So that's so nice. That's so lovely to hear because like, um, you know, for, for us, like, like I was saying to you before, like I, I didn't know, really know anything about podcasting when I first started this job. Um, you know, I kind of grew into this role, like like I'm the podcast manager now. Um, but I learned a lot on the job. And so I remember vividly like being like, not understanding things. And I, so, I, you know, what I would say is any kind of question that you might feel like is dumb, just rest assured, I definitely asked that question to one of our developers at some <laughs> point. <laughs> and, like, probably even dumber questions. Um, definitely dumber questions, actually. I'm having flashbacks well, for the first well, time. <laughs> I, like, I think you and I both, we laughed about it. But it, it took me so long. I, I mean, I still maybe do. It took me so long to understand what an RSS feed Yeah, is. yeah, so yeah, yeah. It was... It was, yeah, it was, yeah. What, what, what is your definition of an RSS feed? Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot for no, people okay. out there listening. That's all right. Um, well, my definition of it is it's a text file that contains all of the details of your podcast. Like that's all it is. It's just words. Um, it's just like, because people look at, might look at an RSS feed and think that it's like a massive code and find it terrifying. But once you actually start looking into it, you can go, oh, actually, you know, I see that that's my podcast title and it's surrounded by 
the words title and title with little brackets around them. Okay, I see. And so all it is is it just it's just bits of information with bits with other bits of information around it to tell iTunes and other directories whatever's reading it like what it is and where to find stuff. And so like when you add a new episode, for example, then just a bunch of text gets added to your RSS feed that has all of that information in it, like where to find the episode and, and what it's called and all that kind of stuff. That was very succinct. <laughs> I, was I, I answer that question a lot. <laughs> I know, but it was great. Like, I mean, let me explain. It's just a text file. Yeah. Like, usually people say it's a, it's a web address or it's on, and, but you're like, but it's not a web address. I'm confused. Yeah. It is. It's just mean, a text yeah. file. Because I get like, I get very like, finicky about having to know all the details of things like I don't understand something if I don't like like if someone said to me you know when when you google what's what's an RSS feed it goes it's an XML file and I'm like what is that what the fuck is XML you know thank you for clearing that up yeah I know right so like just think of it as a text file and then the format of the text that's written in is called XML and it's like okay cool but let's start with the basics you know when you're actually explaining stuff so when I explain stuff I tend to like start basic 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 like right from the beginnings because um, that's just how my brain works. That's how I process stuff. Yeah, that's I'm more that way as well. Mm. And so now, um, so okay, so but I'm also having you on the show because truthfully, people are like, okay, is Maddie's? It's just like one. Is he trying to get like free hosting for a year? I'm not. I'm <laughs> not getting paid. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting. I'm not getting a credit. <laughs> I'm actually having on the show because what I liked about your talk is that you talked about all this kind of like tech stuff that normally takes my soul and makes me fall asleep in an entertaining way. And then so I was immediately after you talked and the next person got up to talk, I started stalking you on Twitter and then I went, oh, she's funny. She's a comedian. <laughs> so like I'm excited because I know a little bit about like your comedian artistic life, but I don't know a lot. So like, great. We talked about Omni. We're moving on. Sugar. So tell me a little bit like what what do you do like what do, you, what do you do down under on the Barbie? <laughs> I don't know. That was terrible. Again, I'm sorry, Patrick. I'm so sorry. It was a bit British, actually. It was great. On the Barbie. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, what is, know, what is a Barbie? Like, yeah, I don't under... I always imagine them cook... <laughs> Australians... Oh, <laughs> I'm so fucking stupid. I was just... I was like, what's a Barbie? I didn't know if it was Throw like another a another trip on the Barbie. <laughs> what, are, what are you doing with the Barbie? <laughs> That's the most logical explanation. <laughs> I mean, oh, Jake Anthony is listening to this going, you idiot. <laughs> Jesus. I am from Oklahoma, Sophie. I'm sorry. We're a little slower there. No, no, a little no. slower. Australians abbreviate everything. Like, okay, look, if we <laughs> if we were driving and and I was directing you and then I said, oh, just chuck a Yui here, what would you think that I meant? Just chuck? I, I mean, I think if you say, I know what it is. I do, people, we use the term, some people say Yui or yeah. a you. So I know, I'm assuming you mean a U-turn. Yes, and then, yeah. But Chuck, I've never heard that. So I'm assuming you mean make a U-turn. Yeah, just like do one. Just, just make a U-turn. So, <laughs> Chuck a Yui. Like anything, anything that can possibly short, be shortened, will shorten it. Like, like McDonald's over here is Macca's. And there were a few McDonald's that actually like changed their signs over here to, to say really? Macca's. Yeah, it was like, it was an awesome promo stunt. But um, very funny because... I don't know. Like, it's so normal to us to abbreviate everything. But, like, I forget when I go overseas and, and talk to people and they're like, oh, what do your parents do? And I'll be like, oh, my dad's a journo. And they're like, what's a journo? Oh, it's a journalist. It's just so normal to us. Oh. You know, we speak fluent abbreviation. Oh, okay. Is your father, a, like, a big journalist for a big 
what's he did like for something that's well known? Yeah, he used to be. He used to, he worked for um one of the bigger newspapers in Melbourne for like years and years and years, like thirty years. He's retired now, um, but he was he was actually the letters editor there for a long time. And, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And like, bless my dad. He's like. He's, in some ways, he's so patient because he would read every single letter and make sure that, like, you know, if he needed to publish one, it would be published or whatever. But then he's also – his tolerance for fools is pretty low. Like, he just – he can't deal with it when people are being just really fucking stupid. And so he gets <laughs> he get pretty, like, short-tempered at people sometimes. But, oh, God, he would have been so good at it. That – well, <laughs> well how much – so, so – so you had a parent who's a journalist. Your mother was she? What did she do? My mum is my mum's done a few different things actually. She was a nurse um, before my brother and I were born. Um, she was a nurse for quite a few years, like in the sixties. She started nursing in the sixties and into the seventies. And then her and my dad met and got married. They did a lot of travelling. So they like, lived overseas overseas for years. And she worked in like an optometrist and things like that. And now she works um, in the school library. Uh, so actually where I went to high school, they've got like a senior school. So it's like high school and then um, a junior school. And she works in the junior school library there. And she's been there for, oh my God, it's 10 years this year she's been there. She's amazing. Oh, wow. I love my mum. Yeah. <laughs> so like you have these parents obviously who it seems like like knowledge and information is important to them. So yeah. like – it's that so like how is that transfer like what are you doing now and well actually yeah, that's really tell interesting me about your life yeah. sugar fill yeah. me in it's really interesting that you mentioned that because like learning for me is like is what has kind of dictated my life I think like I just sort of have been jumping from passion to passion and just learning mm. about everything that I can um but yeah like so I I come from a background of comedy and acting and I studied acting um I didn't finish the degree but I did two years of it so you know um <laughs> please that's a yeah, That's enough. There are people I mean, like I rolled out around here that... on the floor and made animal noises and did trust exercises. Oh, oh you're in. <laughs> yeah. You're in then. You're fine. Yeah, you, exactly. You've done it. You've been a tea, you've been a teacup who's been frightened <laughs> to have tea. Like, I've you know, wrapped myself fine. in calico and walked around the university like, yeah, I've done it all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're an actress. You're fine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so I graduated from acting school. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I spent a couple of years like freelancing uh, and acting and um, and performing live comedy as well. So I do a lot of improv or improv, I think you guys call it over there. Um, yeah. A lot of improv and sketch over here. That was that's what I've been doing for the last kind of four years. Um, when I, That was when I first really started getting into it. Um, but at the same time, I was always like working in retail jobs, for example. Um, like I worked in retail for a really long time. Uh, I, worked, I was a lighting consultant for a while, which was cool. I love lighting. Um, I love lighting too. Yeah, I know, right? It's so important. It's so important. Like So important, yeah. I, I try to be very green, but I don't have any of those LED lights in my house because uh, I dislike some of them. I, well, they're getting better now, but they yeah. were so cold at first. I hated them. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. They used to be awful. Like those fluorescent lights, the, the, um, the curly ones when they first came out, they were horrible. Yes. And it's such a shame because they put everybody off because they were so awful. I don't know if you guys had these, but we had like, uh, the government would come around and, and give them to you for free to replace them, but they were just such shitty light. And, but then by the time I started working in lighting, like they'd really improved and they're really, really good now, but people are still really turned off by them. I still am turned off. So maybe I will check them out. I, my boyfriend wants, because we have this Amazon uh, Alexa Prime thing, um, which it's like you can, I can connect it to lights apparently and be like, you know, Alexa, turn on the light and oh, stuff cool. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't have any of those. So, oh, man. Know. I am dying to get some um, 
smart LED bulbs. They're so cool. They're so cool. You can control them from your phone. You can write programs to – you can, like, connect them to anything. They're just so cool. I'm, I'm going to get some. If anybody's Thank looking to buy some, I've done I my research and LifeX is the best brand in my opinion. <laughs> That's my little LifeX, okay. Yeah. LifeX, okay. if you're listening, please yeah. give me some free globes. I love yeah. you. <laughs> Dear Maddie, sponsored by LifeX. Um, and Omni. <laughs> and Omni. So, um, okay, so like, so you, so you're just, so you've been, so yeah, so what are you passionate about right now then? Uh, ooh, tech. Tech and like creativity, I think, are my two big things and, and I'm working towards kind of marrying those things in my life um, and I, like because I've only been look I've only been working in tech for really a year um, and before then I was you know freelancing as an actor and then I started working a couple of hours a week at Omni and suddenly met um, oh, this is gonna be so lame if anybody at work listens to this but honestly like all the people that I met at work the developers at Omni I swear to god are the most talented people I've ever met in my life and I've met a lot of very talented people okay um, they're amazing like they're they're just incredible you know like they can create they created Omni Studio out of nothing and it's such a good platform <laughs> like it's incredible it is Omni Studio is a great platform yeah and the thing about them though is because I always want to know how things work. Like I'll, I'll look at something and be like, oh, how did you do that? How did you do that? And they're so patient. They will answer all of my dumb questions so like kindly and really make sure that I understand. And that to me was very, very inspiring. And then I started to think, ah, oh, you know, like maybe I, could, maybe I could do this tech thing. Like I've always had a bit of an interest in it but never really thought that I could be good at this stuff because I was working in like business development and like I wasn't really doing anything technical at the company. And then... And then, yeah, I just got more and more into it. I started learning coding and then and now I'm studying like computer science, um, at, like, you know, while I work and everything. And it's, and it's all because I just met people who were willing to answer my questions and like suddenly made me think, oh, yeah, if I take the time to understand this stuff, then I can be good at it. Wow. Look at you. Yeah. Wow. Life, hey? Life, hey. Yeah. And so creative stuff. We're, I want to get to questions, but also I want to make sure you say creative stuff too. So are you acting yeah. right now? Are you writing? Are you improving or improing? Improing, definitely. Doing a bit of writing. And um, yeah, I've just started a company with um, three friends of mine, three of my very, very good friends. Um, one of whom also works at Omni, actually. Uh, we, we work together a lot. We do a lot of like comedy together and stuff as well. Um, so we're, we've started a company that is going to be aimed at uh, any kind of cool technology that exists in the world. If you want to do some kind of like creative project with it, we can do the creative creative side. So like we can write the script of the virtual reality movie that you want to make or uh, we can put jokes into your software platform, you know, whatever it needs. That's the kind of stuff that we can provide. So that's pretty exciting. That is smart. Yeah. Because so many business people are boring um <laughs> and i don't think they mean to be yeah. i even you know i even feel like like i have to say going to podcast movement was good for my ego not because i'm special <laughs> but because i'm a comedian because like i go to la Podfest, which is great that's a, a podcast convention yeah, that's going to take place yeah. in september in los angeles it's awesome i love it love it but it's like a fan it's almost like a comic con of pod casting because it's it's like mark maron's there aisha tyler's there and so people are going to see like paul gilmartin people are going to go they're there to see the shows that they love performed live in like a studio audience um which i would love to do one day because then yeah. I, I would love to do a dear maddie show and just take advice questions like from the audience oh my oh, god that's like amazing uh, yeah one day but um 
I also, I don't feel, and I don't mean, this is my ego talking, I admit it. I don't feel really special there because it literally is like five minutes from my house here in Los Angeles. So yeah, just, right. I'm just another fucking comedian talking about their dick, like in a podcast, like with like thousands of other comedians. Whereas podcast movement is like so many, they're like, I mean, talk about making you feel shit. I talked to one woman and um, we had a great conversation and I was like, so what's your podcast about? She's like, well, it's about um, heart conditions in the children's children's community. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, well, I'm a horrible person. I mean, like, <laughs> it's, you know, there's people that do like podcasts about firefighters and like, it, it's a lot of inspiring or tech people at podcast, yeah. movement, which is yeah. great. And but then I show in, I'm like, hey, everybody, I'm going to tell a joke. And people are like, you're so funny. And I'm like, I'm really not. I'm really like, I'm, I'm, this is the bottom of the Los Angeles barrel <laughs> coming to you at Chicago, people. But uh, thank you. I'll, t- I'll, I'll take it. I'll take your... Um, Naivete. I don't Thank think you. you're the bottom of the barrel. I've seen a lot of shit MCs. <laughs> Linda, as far as barrels go, like. <laughs> as far as barrels go, Maddie, you're not. Definitely the... like drifting at the top, I'm sure. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm topping. Whoa! <laughs> butt joke. Um, all right. The first gay joke, as Patrick says. Okay. Well, so do you have a company established yet, or can I put a link in the show notes, or are y'all not there yet? Uh, not quite there yet. No, we need a website, um, which okay. I want to build myself, but it means I have to learn how to build a website, so I don't know well, if I'll end up doing it, or we'll probably just get somebody else to do it. I know um, a great web designer, although when yeah. I first even, he's fantastic. Um, Your website is great. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you, Patrick. He's he's the best. Um uh, but I do know, honestly, too, before I had Patrick, and uh, even he was like, wow, they do a pretty good job. I just used Wix, and it was pretty good, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. All those it, kinds of services are really good, like Squarespace and Wix and that are like a, a great. Yeah. Really, really, really good for people yeah. who, yeah, so, don't anyway. them themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, super easy. Well, um, well, let's move on to some questions, sugar. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So, okay. We only have two today. So, this first question is from Vanessa, age 24, and she says, Dear Maddie, my friends say I take things too personally. My family does too. I don't want to agree with them, but now my own therapist said, quote, I give a lot of weight to things, end quote, which I feel like is her nice way of saying I take things too personally. I kind of think you're right, Vanessa, already, because I would say that as a therapist. I'd be like, you, I would say something like that. Anyway, um, her question continues. This really hasn't been a problem, I thought, until now. I'm starting to date, and I'm finding myself overthinking, overanalyzing, and getting anxiety about every little thing the guy I'm dating says, I think that's supposed to says or does. Mm. I've been online dating, and I've dated about five guys within the last two months. Good for you. Uh, One of them I like a lot, another I like a bit, and the others have not been a match. Still, with all of them, I find myself being really affected by them. So again, my therapist says awareness is the key, and I think I've gotten that, but it's just so, so, so hard for me to put into practice what I actually want to do, or rather how I want to react. Any tips from this Thanks, Maddie. This is from Vanessa, age 24. Oh, mate. Yeah. Do you remember dating at 24? That shit sucked. I mean, I'm 25 right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're screwed, sugar. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Well, so then... So, Sophie, I'm going to let you go with this one first. Yeah, well, Vanessa, mate, I am right there with you. Like, it's hard, you know. Um, yeah, fuck. 
the, you know what I've started because I get a lot of like social anxiety and just general anxiety. I think it's just I, I think that anxiety is part of just being a generally smart person. Um, that's what I like to think. Oh, you know why? I, I like that. Why? How come? I think it, it means you're imaginative because for me, anxiety comes from like imagining every possible outcome of a given situation that I could be in, and it's exhausting. You know, like your brain is suddenly like is is mapping out all of these possibilities because you're you know you're in this situation, particularly particularly in like a social situation, and you go, okay, I think I'm going to say this now, and then your brain goes, if I say this, and they could think this, and that could mean this, and that could, ha- and then this could happen. But also, if you say this, then maybe they'll take it this way, and then this could happen, and that would mean this. But then and just like suddenly going and just like mapping out all of these possibilities and it's exhausting and stressful and so then a lot of the time the easier thing is to just say nothing but then when you say nothing you start worrying about what people are thinking about you for saying nothing yeah it's even more stressful you know so yeah so I totally understand all that stuff but I honestly think that it is it is a hallmark of just you know intelligent people because you yeah you're creative and you're imaginative and you're able to uh kind of look outside your own little narrow square and think about how other people might be reacting or whatever. So there are some, I think, some really good qualities that come from being anxious, but also, but obviously it's, it can be really crippling. Um, I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Not to, but because as you're talking, it's dawning on me. I'm thinking, huh, I don't know anybody who's dumb that gets anxiety. They're just <laughs> kind of like, they're just like, Hey, life's good. Can't, you know, I don't know why I made them Southern. Sorry. I'm no, well, I can. I'm from the South, so yeah. I can say that. But no, because not all Southern people are dumb. Um, but no, there is. But yeah, there's just that. And I love that, too, because even just as a therapist, I'm an people have heard this before, but I'm a narrative therapist, which actually was born in Australia. That's really? where yeah, no, That's narrative therapy came. So it's interesting. And the whole point of one, not the whole point, but um yeah, my gentleman named Michael White. Um, uh, but narrative therapy uh, is much more of a solution focus. So it's mm. where we're looking at, um, not looking on the bright side of things, but are seeing kind of how things that we are generally view negative, like what are the ways they are contributing to our life mm. in a way that is potentially positive. So the fact that you just did, maybe that's just a, an Australian thing to have resiliency and to kind of look on the, brighter side of things because you just did that with anxiety and I'm like seriously that was a hmm. aha for me that being anxious means you're imaginative I'm totally using that with clients and for great. myself great good um well because yeah like it because then um because I'm quite a practical person as well and so sometimes that works against me because I'll be like I know that I'm being silly here but then I'm getting mad at myself for still being you know upset or anxious or whatever because I know uh-huh. that it's impractical um but Something that's really helped me, and I think, Vanessa, this could help you as well. Some of the best advice I've been given was um, by a therapist that I was seeing for anxiety. And she was like, look at it in terms of helpful and non-helpful behavior. Oh, my God. Um, I say that all the time. Yeah, it's so I need good. To move, I need to move to Australia. <laughs> you would do sorry, so go well. Ahead. I, just made, I just made it about me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, no, it's totally fine. You are the, you are the therapist. <laughs> Um, I'm glad that you're checking off the things I'm saying. Um, But yeah, helpful and non-helpful behavior. Like that for me was a real aha moment because it gave me uh, like a clear structure, like boxes of things to put into. Because then you can go, that's not helpful right now. I'm going to worry about that later. Like I'm not telling myself not to worry about it at all. 
but I'm just, it's not helpful to me right now in this exact situation. So I'm going to put that in the later box. And then usually like you forget about it, but you can go back and worry about it later if you want to. There's no pressure to like forget about it or squash it down. You're just saying, hey, not right now. It's like, it's like getting a bunch of emails and prioritizing and deciding which one you're going to answer right away, you know, because you can't answer them all at once. You've got to like put some in the, in the, on your to-do list, but further down. Well, I think it's, it's, you're, especially this is important. I think almost with, with anxiety, but we're really with almost any client is I'm, I'm offering again, the, the, the idea that they still have choice in a situation. Yeah. Yeah. Cause because when we're super anxious, when we or we feel that we don't have a choice, we don't mm-hmm. have a choice of how we react. We don't have a choice of what we can choose, and it's not that we're like you. Just that I love that again. That you just need to co therapy with me, Sophie. <laughs> yeah. um, but I love the idea of, of email prioritizing because that's what it's about. It's not worth saying. Don't think about the bad thing. Don't yeah. think about. But when do you want to think about it instead of having to let it wash over yes. you right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very exactly. different. Yeah, and that idea of control is really important as well because, like, I have a real thing with control in that I want to control situations and, and my particularly myself, you know, like I want to be in control of myself. And so I get really stressed if I feel like I'm not in control. Like, the one time I've ever had a proper full-blown panic attack was awful because it came out of nowhere and I didn't know what was happening and I couldn't control it. And But then once I understood what was happening and was like, it was exactly what you said. Like, oh, no, I have a choice in that situation. Like, I can choose to surrender to the panic, you know, if I want to, if, that, if I feel like that's what I need to do. Or I can choose to try and distract myself. Or I can choose yeah. to understand that I'm not going to die, even though it feels like I am because that's what a panic attack Even though it does feel like you're going to die. Yeah, oh it does feel God. like you're going to die. Awful, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like just giving yourself that element of control and understanding that you have that. So I think, I think to go back to what Vanessa was saying about about dating is one of the hardest things I think about dating is relinquishing a certain amount of control because you can never control what other people are going to feel about you. Like you can't control if somebody is going to fall in love with you or not. Like you just can't. And you wouldn't, you, you, can't. Don't, you wouldn't really want to if it, if it really came down to it. Um, so I guess what you can do is decide how you're going to react to that. Like you can go, I'm going to like, you know, open myself up to this person, be vulnerable and put myself out there. And then if they don't like me back, then I can't control that. But what I can control is knowing that it doesn't actually reflect anything about me. It's all about them and their choices. Yeah. I, I love that. I love, I mm. think you're right on point. And I think as far as Vanessa too, you said, you know, it's, first of all, she has the awareness, which is the hardest part often yeah. to kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. And you're writing this question. So I think Vanessa, you're actually probably even further along down the track than you think you are. Mm. I think probably you're that that's what's happening is that you're having this awareness that you're taking that you're giving too much weight to things um, or being too sensitive to use your words uh, that you're being too sensitive for things and so but you're you're already having the awareness of wanting to change that and I remember you know it it takes a while for things to come instinctual I'll never forget mm. that you know um, with I always wanted to imagine like how would I be like if my boyfriend and I when, because I was single for like fourteen years, but I would think, how would I be either in my, whether in my relationship or friend, like if I got upset, how would I react to that? Would I? I remember I used to react this way, but I really want to react that way. <laughs> and it took honestly, Vanessa, it took me, I mean, years. And when I say years, I mean probably like five, six, seven years. And still, f- for other things, um, they still aren't completely fixed. But just of 
putting that into practice and almost kind of just doing it, even though it didn't felt like an instinct or it didn't feel always natural. And then one day I remember I had kind of a confrontation with a friend and I went, oh, my instinct reaction was what I've always wanted it to be. Yeah, but that right. took a long, yeah. it took a long time. And I think yeah. like Vanessa, when you're sitting um, and you're kind of, you're maybe doing like like you were saying something. I think you described so well. Like kind of all the we think about what they're doing and all this kind of stuff. You know, try to make the choice. Hopefully that your therapist is supporting you with, and that the like again, try to make the helpful choice. But then, like maybe not in the moment. Go later and like maybe write out what would have happened if I made the unhelpful choice, and then actually kind of like write out what would have been the circumstances of that. Maybe what you imagine, since you do have an imaginative mind. What if I did this? Then this probably would have happened. And this, and the only reason I say that is because often then you'll see, wow, I would have really felt like shit had I done what I usually do. And then so that makes it a little easier. To not be to even though you're doing the helpful decision to there's that part of you I think that wonders well was that really helpful was mm-hmm. it the most could it have been and it kind of gets that out it lets you replay the fantasy but just later on and you're writing it out in the safety of your living room or your kitchen or wherever is your safe space and not acting it out with that person yeah God God that's so good I'm gonna try that that's such a good idea well I've done it that's why that's why I'm doing it. but um <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's go. Vanessa, I hope that helps. We're jumping on because... Good luck, Vanessa. <laughs> we're chatty. Yeah. Ben- okay. <laughs> this next question is from Carrie. Um, uh, she says, Dear Manny, I love you. Carrie, I love you too. Um, and I hope you can help me. Or well, my boyfriend. My boyfriend of five months is currently looking for jobs. He was laid off at his job, um, which was an investment firm, and he really wants to jump into more tech jobs. We yes. live in San Francisco. <laughs> yes. yes. Here's the deal, Maddie. He's not a good dresser. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, he he has the oldest, most stuffy suits. They're like Brook Brothers, nineteen ninety two. I want to I want to tell him that if he wants to be hired at young tech firms, he should step up his fashion. But I don't know how he will take it. Honestly, he never dresses well. Even when we go out to dinner, he'll wear a blue shirt and khakis. He looks like a bank employee. Um, oh, I really don't want to sound like a shallow bitch. I really am falling hard for him, and he's kind, supportive, very funny, and honestly, the nerd of my dreams. Um, uh, if we had been together longer, I don't think this would be an issue, but five months, it seems newish. So should I say something or should I let him figure it out on his own? Moi, moi, Maddie. I'm from Carrie, age 28. Carrie, that's a good question. Oh, yeah, yeah five it's a months. really interesting one. So uh, what? any thoughts, Sophie? Or Look, I'm in two minds about this. Number one, like, I mean, I work in tech, and even though we're just a little startup in Melbourne, I really feel like tech is you know, like the nerds coming back up and going, hey, we are going to dress however we want and we don't have to conform um, and we all support each other in that. So, so like maybe he'd be fine. Like maybe he maybe he should embrace, you know, like how, however he wants to dress because what's important mm. is what you – like the work that you do. Yeah. But then, but then also like, I mean, appearance is a factor in job interviews. So maybe, maybe approach it as like, okay, great. Let's look at the whole package of your job interviews. What are you going to say? Uh, how are you going to shake hands with the boss? What are you going to wear? <laughs> you know, like, Oh, of, I, I love that going yeah. like going all, I think that's, I should have thought of that. That's so smart because <laughs> that honestly is what my own boyfriend who is a style or used to be a stylist. Yeah. Right. Did with me because I would just wear fucking comic book t-shirts all day, like every day. And he's like, babe, no, you've got to. Because I love that. I love that. I love that for Carrie because you're right. Like it might not matter, but it does. I do think 
at least for me, it's not necessarily about dressing with what's trending. However, when I put thought into what I'm going to wear, it does make me feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, and, em- and employers, potential employers can see that you've put in effort and go, okay, cool. Like they, they want this, you know, like it's, it's important to them. Exactly. Mm. And, you know, and like maybe like if his style is a blue shirt and khakis, if that's his thing, you know, Mark Zuckerberg wears whatever. I think he wears like the same color T-shirt or something yeah. all the time. If that's his thing, then like maybe you can make it his thing, Carrie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but I feel like. Make it like a really nice blue shirt and khakis like that fit him really well. Yeah. Or like. Expensive. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I have, like, a pair of, like, I think from Urban, like, khakis that have that tapered leg, that kind of bunch at the bottom, you know? Ooh, yeah. Something like that. Um, But I love that for Carrie, like, asking, like, what does he imagine? Like, really telling him, Carrie, like, hey, I really want to support you um, and help you succeed um, with their job interviews. Like, saying that first. So that way he knows that you're not going into attack and being, like, again, like, what are you going to talk about? What are you going to answer? Like, what are you... What do you think you're going to wear? Because he just might not even, maybe, then you can find, I think that's, again, with the imagination, you're imagining that he's caring about what he's wearing a little bit, Carrie, but maybe he does, maybe he just doesn't even think about it. That was my perspective. I just didn't even really think about it. Um, And honestly, too, probably another reason I didn't think about it is because I was like, eh, it's too much. It's too difficult. And then when my boyfriend kind of said, it's not really, and he helped me through, I was like, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought. Yeah, yeah, it's fun, you know? Yeah, it's still, it's, it's not in my, it's fun-ish to me. Like, yeah, I, you think yeah. I would, I, I like, sh- I actually like the act of shopping, but, um, it's, uh, think, I think it would probably be more fun if I have abs, but I don't, I drink beer. So <laughs> I love Drinking beer is more fun than having abs, let's be honest. It, that, that is the truth. Yeah. Um, well, good luck to you, Carrie. Yeah, I, good, good luck, luck on that. And well, good, luck, good luck to your boyfriend as well, getting a job. Yeah. Good yeah. luck. I know, I know that as well. So best <laughs> of luck. Um, What's, oh, we're wrapping it. We're so we're wrapping it up. So okay, everybody. So if you're listening, um, this is the first time that like I think celebrity shit the bed has come to an end. So <laughs> I'm just formally announcing here on August 10th that I don't think we're going to be doing that segment anymore um, on the Dear Maddie show. And probably the reason is is because um, I'm bored with it. No, um, that's no it's reason. Just, well, I actually, I just think it's, I feel like I talk to everybody, especially like in the first more now, because I'm just so excited to talk to people. And so I have to wait at the celebrity shit the bed for us to talk about something that, about you, because I'm interested in that as well. And so I'm like, eh. So yeah. cut it out, everybody. I hope that's okay. Um, go to dearmaddieshow.com, tweet me, twat me, insta me. <laughs> If you're upset about it, and we'll talk about it. Um, all right. So so here we go. These are Chatty Maddie questions. The same Yay. five questions I ask everybody. So okay. the first Chatty Maddie question, what is your most memorable childhood smell? Um, I It's definitely a particular brand of cosmetics. Do you have Clarins over there or is it an Australian? Oh, brand? yeah. I love yeah, Clarins. Yeah. Clarins. So Clarins like moisturizers and... Um, and cleansers make me think of my mum because she always smelled like Clarins. Um, she still does. Uh, I know that smell actually. I yeah, do. it's such a comforting smell. Like, like I always, I have very like, um, what's the word? 
like very detailed childhood memories, you know, and, and like smell is obviously such an evocative sense. Um, and yeah, like the, I think I think of like the smell of Clarence and just like being hugged by my mum and like, like we're, we're a very snuggly family, like we all love each other a lot. Um, so yeah, just being out like close enough to her to, to just like smell her moisturizer, you know, like it's oh, I love my mum. <laughs> so nice. Um, but yeah, it's so sweet. <laughs> Hope your mom hears that. Except- yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so Chatty Maddie number two, what would be the name of your memoir? I think it's it, – I, I struggled against this, but it's got to be something about my surname, which is Kneebone. Um, so, it does. I yeah. mean, because I've asked you about this before in person. You know, because, you know, most – like Matt Marr, Marr means it's Scottish and it means the sea. So people came from the sea, which I'm scared of the sea, which is weird. <laughs> and I'm a Pisces. Um, but because um, I'm from a landlocked state of Oklahoma. But anyway <laughs> – as uh, my friend Liz asked, he says, landlocked. But anyway, um, but neat, like, you you know, you people, you know, their last name's Quilter. And you're like, okay, your family were Quilters. Yeah, or, you yeah. know, Barber. Well, okay. But what was your, like, ancestors, a doctor, like a chiropractor, like you know, knee I, bone? Yeah, I used to think it was that, but apparently, I looked it up. Did they make up that song, Thankful <laughs> Bones Connected to the Knee? That's what your ancestors did? They made that song up. <laughs> when I was that was in a year terrible nine, joke. No, it's okay. When I was in year nine, I had an English teacher who would sing that every single time. She took the role, took attendance, as you would say. Um, every single time. Like, she'd say everybody else's name, and then she'd get to me and be like, the knee bones connected. And everybody in the class would go, neighbor. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm that's, here. <laughs> you need to put that in a fucking script. Yeah. Uh, I know, right? It's so funny. <laughs> so, but so you looked this up, so you know. Yeah. So apparently, it's something about. Um, it's not as exciting as you think, but it's it's it comes from Cornwall in England, and it's something to do with like a particular river, like a bend in a river that was a funny shape and looked like a knee bone, and the people that lived there were called the knee bones, the first knee bones, apparently. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, because there's a lot of knee bones in Cornwall. Like, that's where the name came from. Um, like, a, a friend once messaged me. She was in England in Cornwall in a pub, and she messaged me, and she was like, oh, my God, I'm sitting next to a knee bone. I just met a knee bone. <laughs> a real that's one. hilarious. I, I love – so you're, it would be so – memoir would be something with knee bone in it. Yeah, and I think it would actually be the knee bones connected to the something. The knee bones connected to the head bone. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, okay. I don't know. Well, I love that. I, I love that. How cool. What a cool name. Yeah. Um, all right. So Chatty Maddie number three, what's the best piece of advice you wished you had taken earlier? Okay. It is. It's about dating. So Vanessa, listen up. Um, uh, it is to like value yourself the way that you would value other people, you know, and like. Um, I'll say that say that again just because there was a little glitch. Value sure. yourself. Value yourself the way that you value other people. So, like, give yourself the same emphasis and the same priority that you would give to other people. Because, like, you know, like, like I look back on, you know, I've never had, like, a terrible, terrible relationship. But, like, like guys that I've dated who haven't necessarily been as nice as they could be. And I know that if I'd seen a friend in that relationship, I'd have been like, get the fuck out of there. What are you doing? But when it's me, like, somehow when I was younger, like, I didn't give myself that same level of priority you know mm-hmm. and that same level of importance like we don't I, I think we don't tend to think that we deserve you know as much as we actually do so yeah so sometimes mm-hmm. it's important to I think look at yourself objectively and go what what advice would I give to somebody else um and like that yeah that was advice that was given to me when I was a bit younger and, and I wish that I'd taken it but like I appreciate it now and I take I try and take it on board now I love that mm-hmm. love it um all right, chatting man. Number four, what day would be your Groundhog Day? Or I don't know if that's an. Exp- you don't have a Groundhog Day, I don't think in Australia. So oh yeah, the movie, right? What, 
Is that? Is yeah, that like I mean? the movie. So what? Yeah, what day was so great that you're like, ah, oh, I would live that day over and over. Yes. Oh, this is such a happy memory. Okay, a couple, two years ago. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so here in Melbourne, there's this place called Cryle Castle. And it's a medieval theme park, um, but it's it's a bit like sad and abandoned. Like I think that it's I think it's actually been sold now. It's been on the market for ages. But anyway, um, we found it. My friends and I found out about it, and we were like, we're going to go there. And there was this one day a couple of years ago that we all decided that we were going to go, and we drove there in my friend Matt's convertible, and it's like two hours away. It's so far oh, away. Wow. Um, and and I remember I was really broke at the time. Like I was freelancing, and I was, oh my god, I was so broke. Like, uh-huh. so, like, like negative money, you know what I mean? Like, you know, when, you know oh, when sometimes people say, there. yeah, yeah. You know, like sometimes people say, oh man, I'm so broke at the moment. And it's like, you've got money in the bank. So therefore, no, you're not. <laughs> Whereas yeah. I was like, yeah, I have literally no dollars. Um, so I was like, oh guys, I can't come. Like, I can't pay the ticket. And my friend was like, no, 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 please come. Like, we want you to come. I'll just buy your ticket. It's fine. Um, I know. It was so lovely. Um, and so we drove there and we just had the best time like it was so fun I can't even yeah I can't even like remember why it was so fun but we were just being really silly and like there was hardly anyone there because it was a weekday um and so like and like you know they they advertise like the jousting tournament and you get there and it's some kid being led around on this tiny little horse like holding a stick by this guy who doesn't want to be there it's like a sad medieval times (laughs) And they had this pantomime. It was terrible. But we just had the best time. It was so much fun. Um, and then, yeah, and then on, on the way back, we, like, stopped at this little town and had a beer at the pub. And, and again, I was like, don't, I'm not going to get a beer, guys. Don't worry. And they were like, don't be silly. We'll buy you a beer. And it was just, it was just this lovely day of, like, like lovely friends. And I think, it was, I think what made it so lovely was that I wasn't going to come. And they were like, no, please come. We'll, pay, we'll, we'll literally pay money for you to come. Um, so it was nice to like feel like, oh, yeah, like I, I really that's, do want to be here, you know, like, and they want me to be here. That was lovely. Oh, that's a, <laughs> that makes me feel, well, that makes me feel what the next question's about. When are you most inspired? Oh, man, all the time. Um, this was, I found, actually found, I find this the hardest to answer because I'm like, when am I not inspired? Because <laughs> I'm just oh, around such inspiring people all the time, you know, yeah. Um, but I think it's, I think it's when I'm around people who are very knowledgeable and very passionate about something and it doesn't actually matter what it is. Like it can be anything, you know, it could be like carpet, <laughs> you know, if someone knows everything about carpet and loves carpet, then I'm like, yeah, cool. Like that's really inspiring. Like you love no, carpet. No, that, I'm right there with, that's yeah. I actually asked that on dates. I, well, well, I don't anymore because I have a boyfriend, thank God. Hopefully I never, I, <laughs> I just want to be him and that's it. We're done. Hopefully. <laughs> Um, but no, when I would go on a date, I don't often ask people what they do because especially in LA, nobody's doing a job that they're passionate about. I'm sure yeah, that's a lot in Melbourne, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I do ask them like, what are you passionate about? And like, what inspires you? Because I'm with you. Like there somebody, I went once, went on a date, like a guy who like had him, he was a, a black man who, who was like, had a music degree because my, my undergrad's in music. He worked in a nonprofit and he had a miniature schnauzer puppy. I mean, <laughs> all the things I was like, you're like porn to me. And <laughs> it was the most boring date because I thought, especially because, but he just wasn't passionate about yeah. really anything. He just kind of went to work, went home and he was fine with that. But I was like, I need somebody, even if they like say, I love like I love going and looking at different types of grass and seeing how grass grows. <laughs> because I'm listen like, to all the different kinds of grass. There's this kind and this kind. Yeah. yeah and I'm totally like, agree. good for you. Yeah. That's like something I can get behind. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. Like it's, it, it's 
genuinely the thing that I find the most attractive in someone. I mean, I've been, I'm exactly the same. Like I've been on dates where, yeah, they're just like, this is my life and it's fine and whatever. Like I like hanging out with my friends. It's like, yeah, but what do you, you know, like what's your ambitions, you know? Like what are you, what are you excited about? Um, yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah I, well, the, Vanessa, we're just giving you pearls. Just, I hope you're listening <laughs> yes. still. Yes, um, someone passionate about anything. doesn't even matter what it is unless it's like murder. Anything. <laughs> Be passionate about murder. Well, <laughs> tell everybody where they can, where, <laughs> yeah, not murder. That's not, yeah, that's not good. Why, why, why they take it there at the end, Sophie? Way to go. Um, no kidding. <laughs> So tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find all things Kneebone. Um, uh, 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 like Twitter. I <laughs> just totally blanked out for a second. You totally were like, like uh. I was like, um, Australia. You're like, don't find me and murder me in Australia. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen now. <laughs> Sorry, I just shit the bed as a host, as we say. I just shit the bed. I dropped the ball. Uh, no, I think I think that was me that my brain just switched off for a second. Um, well, look, I mean, you can look up Omni Studio, uh, which is O M N Y, and you can contact me that way. Like literally, anytime you contact Omni Studio, I'll read it. Like, it's, we're not big enough to have an enormous team that <laughs> your email goes unnoticed. Like, yeah, it'll get to me. Um, but I'm on Twitter at Sophie Nebone. Um, yeah, that's my Twitter handle. I think I must be the first Sophie Nebone on, on Twitter. S O P H I K N W E B O N E. Literally Kneebone. That's literally literally, yeah, literally Kneebone. Kneebone. Yeah. Um and I'll put those in the show notes for everybody. So and yeah, I just I well, I'm so like I said, I just you're just fun and you're engaging and you're curious and you're like you're like a spark. I just Aww. think you are. I think you just No, you are the way you, I really can tell that like you do get really passionate about things and it's just about things that normally people overlook. And so I love that you make, uh, at least me, I hope the other people listening, you make me rethink about the ways I can think about things that I just kind of, that seem like, like you said, it's just normal tech things that I take for granted. You make it sound interesting. That's a gift. That is a gift, Sugar, oh, because a lot of so people lovely. can't do that. I just like to know how things work. I think if that's, you know, if you, if you want to be excited about something, decide that you're going to figure out how it works. I think is, is a good way to look at life. And we will end on that. That <laughs> is a good way to look at life. So love it, love it, love it. So, um, well, thank you so much for being here and, um, or yeah, being online. And um, yes, I just, I loved it. Thank you so much. Oh, I love being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Uh, we'll talk to, for the rest of you listening. You know the drill. DearMattyShow.com. The Matt Marr. Go to the YouTube channel. Talk to Matt Marr. And um, yeah, and do something for someone next week. Um, bye. Thank you so much for listening, guys. That was me, Sophie Louise Kneebone. I mean, named after my dog. Couldn't love her anymore. As always, thank you so much for listening to the show. Like I said, this bitch chat thing, we're super excited about it. Sugars, I'm sorry, but I'm just coming at you from every way. I am just like I say, I'm giving hand jobs to anybody who will let me. Mama's trying to make it happen. As always, you can go to DearMaddieShow.com to find all things Maddie. You can also go to the YouTube channel, new video every Thursday, YouTube.com forward slash talk to Matt Marr. I've got the the podcast. I've got bid chat now. We might even be having some other stuff come up. So, sugars. Stay tuned. Hopefully you're not sick of me. Oh, God. Well, I don't know what to do about that. Don't break up with me because I need the validation. (sighs) 
But I love you all. I really am this fall 2016. I'm really trying to make it happen. So go to DearMaddieShow.com and send me a message or go on the Facebook page, um, Facebook.com slash TheMattMar. What are you trying to make happen this fall? I would love, love, love to hear from you um, if you have any questions about that or if you want to inspire others. Like, what are you like? Yes, because, you know, the year is almost ending. So it's like, I, it's a good it's a good pressure, but there's also like a, oh shit, mama's got to do this. This was, I don't want this on my new year's resolution again. You know what I mean? Because I have, I think I've had lose, get abs and lose weight for like the last 10, let's 20, let's be honest, 30 years. I, I came out as a baby, like I'm fat. I need abs. <sighs> that one's never going to happen. Maybe we'll see, but getting this career stuff is going to happen for me this year. I really, really hope so. So yeah, let me know what's going to happen for you. All right. As always, thank you so much for listening to the show. You don't know how much it means for me when you tweet about it, when you share it on Facebook, when you talk about it, when you leave a review on iTunes. It's like the, it's the bee's knees, the bee's knees. So, oh, oh, knees and Sophie Kneebone. Look at that. Sugars. Damn it. Sometimes I just surprise myself. 